0: that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: <laughs> Valeria interviews Aura E. Martinez, the author of Creating a Lifetime of Wellness, Start Having the Life You Deserve. So many of us are unaware of the way we are feeding ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. This lack of attention leads to a life that is far less than what we deserve. In Creating a Lifetime of Wellness, author Aura E. Martinez helps you gain the awareness you need to increase your well-being every day, starting now. Martinez shows that well-being and happiness are within your reach. It's all about motivating you to create a lifetime of wellness by working on your goals each day and doing what you must do to claim your life and live it to the max. Ora E. Martinez is a self-discovery and empowerment coach, helping the outer and inner travelers seek greater well-being and personal fulfillment to discover themselves powerfully so that they can start living life to the max. As a person who has traveled the world as a flight attendant, the opportunity has helped her learn and see so much, and she discovered the most fabulous place for us all to see that is truly the key to greater well-being, and she shares that with others worldwide. She is also the founder of Live to the Max, Viva al Maximo. To learn more about Aura, please visit her website, auraemartinez.com. Here is the interview with Aura E. Martinez. In your own words, who is Aura
0: E. Martinez?
2: Aura ah, E. Martinez, I, I feel that. I'm so many things, (laughs) just like each and every one of us are, because we're multifaceted. But the title, if that's what people are looking for, I'm a self-discovery and empowerment coach. And I help the outer and inner travelers who seek greater well-being and personal fulfillment. I help them discover themselves powerfully so that they can live life to the max. Mm, That sounds wonderful
0: to me. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Creating a Lifetime of Wellness, Start Having the Life You Deserve, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off-record. So the first one relates to life. What is life to you? What is this thing called life?
2: I think that life is whatever we give it meaning to. And the reason why I say that is because it is our belief that shape our life. So that's a very individual question because I'm pretty sure that my definition of what life is would be very different for others. And so I think what's very important is how each and every one of us define life because it is from that definition that we will start giving meaning to our own life, if that makes any
0: sense. Yeah, very much, very much. What do you think is the opposite of life?
2: One we think is death, but I would say it's apathy. In the sense that when we, when we experience apathy, it's as if all the enthusiasm is gone. All the joy is gone. All the meaning of everything and anything that one can possibly imagine is gone. And with that comes the death, the death of the of the soul. The, because the soul is joy. The yeah. soul is expansive. The soul wants to grow. And so the moment we start experiencing any kind of apathy, it. that's where the death of whatever it is that we may think is death starts. So I would say the opposite with your apathy, not, not actual death.
0: Right. I like that very much. And I agree. I wonder what makes us or drives us to lose touch with the soul.
2: I would say the moment we don't take the time to... Get to know ourselves when we allow ourselves to be distracted by all of the outside stuff, meaning what's going on all around the world. When we allow other people's definition of whatever it is to become our own, rather than allowing ourselves to see if there's any resonance to what we're listening to to our soul that's when we start losing ourselves. And this is why the question of what do I think life is, I I said that it depends on what the person's belief of life is because that's what matters most. See, the moment we don't go within to understand who we are, to understand our definition of of happiness, of whatever it is, that's when we start to lose touch with our soul. What is another word for life? For me, it's source. For me, if I were to be very honest, for me, it would be God. Now, I said source first because with everything that I do, I cannot give myself credit because I feel like it comes from something higher. And this is why I say God. But I say source because I feel like Life, that joy, that happiness is for each and every one of us, whether someone believes in God or not. But to me, it's God because He's light, because He's strength. But a person can can substitute it for anything that they will like, whether that's source, whether that's universe.
0: Yeah. Speaking of God, I was supposed to be asking this later, but I'll ask you now. What, where, and who is God to you? I know you mentioned the
2: universe and the source. I believe he's in each and every one of us. And it's when we start looking within that we get in touch with him. Since he's the one that created us, at least that's what I believe, it's when we start looking within that we can See him.
0: Yeah. When you say him, could that be replaced by her or it?
2: Whatever I say suits the person. Right. That's what's it. Right. I love that freedom. (laughs) Yes. I say him because I believe God is him. But if that doesn't resonate with the person, then substitute it with her or with it. I know that some people, for some, They may not understand the concept of God, and I'm very respectful of that, but I honestly believe that God is in each and every one of us. I believe that too, Aura. Absolutely. When you speak of
0: God, uh, Him, when you say Him, it resonates as the energy of love to me. That's what you're speaking of, right? Yes. What is love to you? What are the manifestations of love?
2: Love is unconditional love is pure. Love doesn't have attachments. What do I mean with that? Even though we are all designed to feel some sort of attachment to to things and to, to circumstances, however, real love requires us not to have attachments because it's when we have attachments that suffering occurs. And I don't think that any of us are designed to suffer. I think that suffering is actually a choice. So when I say that love doesn't have attachments, I mean it in this way. I really do believe that it is possible to love someone even though you may not agree with what they're saying. I believe that you can love someone even though it's painful to say goodbye. But you don't get attached to the point that you lose the essence of the accepting of reality, the accepting that although whatever it is that you love is gone, it doesn't mean that it's going to completely steal your joy, if that makes any kind of sense.
0: Very much, yeah. When you say that, loving without attachments, I think about unconditional love. That's the most powerful way of attaching, isn't it, (laughs) to anything?
2: (laughs) Yes.
0: Do you believe in unconditional self-love?
2: I do. I didn't at first at one point, but now I do. That's a wonderful practice, isn't it, Ara? It is. And I know that at first it may seem challenging when there's any parts of us that we might not accept, but it's when we are able to go deep within and see the skeletons in our own closets and see the parts of us that we, at one point, or perhaps at this moment, we don't accept, then we're then able to see the beauty of it. And we're able to see the beauty of it because we're able to see the message of it. What do you think the purpose
0: of life is? Do you think there is a grand,
2: ultimate purpose for all of us? I think that the purpose is whatever... The person assigns the purpose to be. Now, this once again goes back to the person's belief. Because if the person doesn't have any belief that they have any purpose in life, well, guess what? Your life is not going to have any purpose. And this is why, if we want to change our life and we want it to be meaningful, We need to start reconnecting with ourselves. We need to start examining what those beliefs are. I do believe that our life has a purpose, but it all depends on whatever purpose we give it. Now, if I were to say what I actually truly believe, it would be based on my belief in God. But then again, it would be perhaps irrelevant for some because, again, it goes back to what the person believes. And it's your beliefs that drive your life, whatever purpose you give it, um, anything it, it drives
0: everything. It's interesting the way you connected the ultimate purpose of life to personal purpose. What is freedom to you?
2: What is to be free? Freedom, I think, can have it can go in so many different directions. But I think that freedom, ultimate freedom, is when you are not imprisoned by any of your limiting beliefs when you are not imprisoned by anything that others may have conditioned you to be what do i dare why do i dare to say this because many times we think that freedom is this thing that we have to see but freedom i believe is something that we also feel even though we don't see it. So, to the degree that there's a part of you that you don't feel like you deserve to live the way you would actually like to live, to the degree that there's any part of you that you do not accept, do not love, you're not free. Even if you live in a free country, you're not free. And you're not free because you're allowing yourself to be conditioned by things within you that you might not even be aware that is actually running the show and this is why that that inner journey is so so necessary because it is that inner journey that leads to ultimate freedom
0: there was a reason you are a self discovery and empowerment coach yeah <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> the reason <laughs> To free us from within. I love that, Aura. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need?
2: And do you have a vision for a new reality? I think that one of the biggest things with all the things that we're seeing nowadays is healing. I think that so, so, so many of us need to heal. And I say us, I say me, myself, because we are like onions. There's so many layers to us. And it's important that we become curious to peel those different layers of us because the more we're able to heal, the more capable we are to listening to one another, which I feel that with everything that's going on nowadays, but this is just my my personal opinion. I feel like there are many that are not listening to one another. And the moment we fail to listen to one another, we are not able to reach a middle ground. And my my vision would be in an, in an ideal world, okay. <laughs> it's just right. an ideal world, we, we mm-hmm. would all work on being the best version of ourselves. Because as we become a better version of ourselves, we're able to give more love to others. Because we can only give what we have. Even if it seems like one may be unhappy and they're still giving love, it's still not coming from a genuine place. And so, guess what? It may seem, how do I say this? Temporarily. It may seem as if the person is giving love, but to any degree that we are hurting ourselves in any way, we are also hurting others. And that's how important each and every one of us are. If only people could see that. Right.
0: So true. I love the way you talk about listening and healing in the way you connect these two words. And then you also said something that's profound that there are many layers of pain in all of us to be uncovered, right, discovered and given attention to. Do you think that there is such a thing as being healed?
2: I think there is. I think there is, but we have to be open to that. We have to be open to the signs within us when... When there's a healing that needs to occur, like say, for example, when something triggers you to such a degree and you don't understand why, that's an invitation for healing. When something angers you so much, that's an invitation for healing. And so we just need to be open and willing to pay attention to those signs that there are parts of us that need to be healed. And I think that healing is possible.
0: So let's talk about your work. How did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, Creating a
2: Lifetime of Wellness? I actually always loved to write, since college, actually. But wasn't sure what it was, even though I knew that I wanted to get into psychology and well-being and all that, all that stuff. The inspiration for the book, actually, it came as a download while I was in Sao Paulo, actually. (laughs) I got the download for the title. It first started with the title. And I always like to connect to my source. And, And one by one, each and every one of those topics started coming coming to me in terms of what do I think are the areas of us in our life that we tend to disregard? And what are the areas even of my own life that I disregarded and didn't think was very important when it came to my well-being? So that's that's how the book came about. It actually came about as a download.
0: That's true inspiration, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you choose to become a self-discovery and empowerment coach? And then before that, you used to be a flight attendant. Why did you choose to become a flight attendant?
2: Well, flight attendant, and I still am, actually. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. okay. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so curious with all the things that are going on right now because the airline industry is getting hit very hard. I haven't been flying lately, but yeah, I still am. And it happened by accident. Actually, I was uh, volunteering at the airport, JFK in New York, and I would have people telling me, you would be good as a flight attendant because you're so good with languages because I speak other languages. And so I just put in for the application. I, I filled out to be interviewed. Um, to be a flight attendant. And so that's how it happened. It wasn't even a dream of mine. It just (laughs) happened. Mm -hmm. And self-discovery and empowerment coaching, I got into that. Well, I actually started out as a a wellness and life coach, helping people get out of the sugar roller coaster. And so the clients that came to me, they came to me wanting to lose weight, wanting to eat healthier. And the more... The more we went into why they weren't eating healthy, the more I realized that it wasn't because they needed to know what to eat and how to lose weight. The weight was just a manifestation of something deeper. And so I realized that I was doing more self-discovering coaching than wellness, losing weight coaching. (laughs) And so... And so that made me transition into self-discovery because I believe that when we understand ourselves to such a degree where we are so connected with ourselves, we fully understand ourselves, we're going to then understand the actions that we take and we're going to be able to take a different action. That's fascinating that you never
0: thought about of becoming a flight attendant But you did. So do you think that sometimes we find our purpose just by chance, by suggestion?
2: I think that we find our purpose by leaning into the things that we're curious about. So something inspired me to do a Google search about um, volunteering. And I forgot exactly what wording did I put, but the whole volunteer at the airport came up. And so that's how it started. So it all started because I was curious. And I do believe that I got into the airline industry for a reason, because through me traveling all the different parts of the world, I started learning more about myself. And so this is why I, I said before that I I help the outer and inner travelers. Because I think that when we travel, yes, it's to discover new places, but what we don't realize many times is in search of that great well-being and and that vacation. For instance, vacation. Vacation, we go on vacation because we want to feel better, we want to feel good, we want to be distracted. But we forget there's a very important place we need to discover, and that's ourselves. And it's when we discover ourselves that. We find ourselves everywhere at home because we are at home with ourselves.
0: I love that idea. It seems like everything brings us back to ourselves. doesn't matter even when we are trying to escape, right? Yes. Our own pain. What is wellness to you and how is it different from well-being?
2: Wellness includes so many different parts of our life. There is the the social aspect of our life, the work aspect, the mental, the spiritual, the physical. Whereas I think well-being, being, it just requires us to be, to be well with ourselves. Now, I think to be well with ourselves, we need to have a balance in all those different areas that make up wellness. We need to have balance in our social life, be around people that are uplifting, that are, that are elevating us. We need to be doing work that we love, that we enjoy. We need to feel we need to feel balanced and we need to feel complete. And being complete, you need to feel like you're being. This is why it all goes back to understanding you. Because as you understand you, you're going to, you're going to get to that point of being. And when you get to that point of being, because you have that understanding of yourself, you will be able to figure out in each of those areas that make up wellness, what do you need so that you can achieve whatever it is that you're seeking in those areas of your life if that makes any sense. You talk about
0: home, that everyone needs an oasis, almost like a paradise to live in. So what is the precise connection between our home and well-being?
2: So when I say oasis, it's not, well, oasis. To me, an oasis, I just want to spend this really quick. Oasis helps us recharge. We need that recharge. And so when our home is not that place where we feel that we can recharge, whether that is because we feel drained after coming from work or or whatnot, it will affect our well-being. Because whatever happens in our personal life, Guess what? We take it to every other area of our life. So it becomes essential that we have a home that we can feel safe. And when I say safe, I mean that you feel safe to be who you are, that you feel where you are loved, where you feel you are understood, where you feel so it goes beyond just the physical aspect in terms of the way it looks. I mean, even though the way it looks also plays a role in the way we feel because colors trigger us, the way things are decorated can trigger us, but it also includes if you live with anybody, yeah, the 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 relationship that you have with them, because if the people in in your own house, you don't get along with them, you're not able to create that home that you need so that you can recharge your batteries so they can then feel good and have that well-being. Yeah, I love the way you uh,
0: you not just talk about the environment itself, but also relationships. That is huge, uh, having peaceful and balanced relationships. And then when I think about the environment,
2: I think about nature. And that's very important for a person to understand too, now that you mentioned that, because it's very important for us to understand what kind of person we are. What do I mean with that? So some people, the city may be very good, for others, they may not be good. And so if you know that A place where it's so congested drains you, that is your cue that you need to move to a place that resonates with your soul. And so it's very important. This is why it always goes back to each and every one of us. It's very important that we understand what is right for us. And this is why we can't go outside of us to figure that out. We need to understand that from within because once we're able to understand what environments drain us and what doesn't, that is our cue as to where perhaps we can live and where we should live. So all that is very important to take into consideration when it comes to choosing where you will have a home.
0: Right? Some of us will live more their soul for life, and then we'll look for nature and calmness and peace. But some others still need the business <laughs> of life.
2: Yeah, because there's some people, they thrive in that. And I guess it's a good thing that we have um, all kinds of people, because if everybody loved only nature, what what, what what would happen? I mean, I think that that's what makes life um, have its balance, that we have People that love the very busy environment, and other people that they just need the calm. So, yeah,
0: I'm wondering if we, all of us, were living more in touch with the soul, the spirit, and God. What do you call God? Perhaps the idea of big cities in the way they are structured that also would change. Yes, why we wouldn't change? We would change the environment. We'll bring nature more into big cities. Yes. Oh, I so agree. When do we know that we are there, that we are loving ourselves unconditionally? What are the signs?
2: You know all parts of you and you accept all parts of you. Even the parts of you that you do not like, you're not ashamed. So if you feel any shame about you, whether that's a physical, something about you physically or something about you or or your life or your past, that's a sign that you're lacking self-love. So when you're fully accepting, when you are aware of all parts of you and whatever parts of you that you do not like, that willingness to want to, okay, how can I improve this so I can be more of the kind of person that I want to be? So I, I think that self-love, you will know when you have reached when you have an awareness of you and yet you're loving of all parts of you, you have compassion towards yourself. I love that
0: <laughs> self compassion, right, right. right?
2: And also, you will know when you have self love, when you do not allow any relationship that doesn't make you feel joy, when you do not allow relationships that puts you down. So there are many, many signs. And I think that those are some of the biggest ones. I mean, all we have to do if we want to know where we are in our life is look at the mirror. And I'm not talking about the physical mirror. I'm talking about what we are attracting constantly because the world is our mirror so because it, according to how you see yourself and your worth that's going to that's what you are going to allow if that makes any sense
0: yeah i love that it made me think about seeing the world as a mirror we have to pay attention to that, what we attract in the people, the work that we do, where we live, and how we live. Um, that makes sense. A lot of sense. How do we know when we have accepted something and we are not giving up?
2: Hmm. I guess it depends on it depends on the subject and it depends on what it is. So when it comes to accepting ourselves. It's about seeing ourselves in the eyes of compassion, in the eyes of the way our source sees us, as opposed to whatever conditioning you have received because of the way you you look. When it comes to accepting situations that are difficult to accept, how do you know that you have accepted it? That's when the whole letting go and surrender. I think applies. So when you feel, to the degree that you feel any resistance, you know you haven't accepted the situation the way it is. Whereas when you are able to, even though you don't like the situation the way it is, but you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to let it go and let it be because you know and you have that certainty that things are working for you, not against you, then you know you have accepted that situation.
0: It's easy to accept the things that are happening now because we can't change them at this moment. So we just embrace everything. And that creates the space for creativity to see possibilities. You talk about happiness and you pose a question, those kind of questions I really love. What is your own definition of happiness?
2: I feel happy when I'm able to be me. I feel happy when I allow myself to be led by my soul at the moment. I feel happy when I'm free. So the definition for happiness for me, would be when I am living my soul's purpose. As long as I am being me and who I am, I feel happy. Now, there are things and doing things make me very happy, like when I do the coaching, when I'm writing. Why? Because I'm living from my soul.
0: As you said earlier about the soul is the source for joy. That's how we know we are living, from the soul, from that space. What do you think are the biggest fears that most of us share?
2: I would say judgment and rejection. And judgment and rejection, both of of them, when we have those fears, it can be so paralyzing. It can stop us from speaking our truth in love. It can stop us from being ourselves. It can stop us from... From even living from our true essence, which is our soul, because that's when we try to fit in with things and that that don't even resonate with us. But because we we fear judgment, we feel rejection, we we try to and we force ourselves to fit into things. I mean, that can be so paralyzing.
0: This they're connected, right? Judgment and it's feeling rejected by others, in a way, isn't it, Nora?
2: They, they can be. They can be. I would say that the way that we're able to release the whole fear of judgment is by us analyzing the way we are judging ourselves and others as well. Because, it goes back to ourselves, yeah. Because when... When we're able to recognize what areas even that we are rejecting from ourselves too, that's another thing. I think at the moment that we try to fit in when we know that it's not who we actually are, we are rejecting ourselves. And And I think that the worst rejection and the worst judgment, it's not what other people think of us or what what other people do to us is what we do to ourselves. But see, we think that is what other people do because we have already rejected ourselves. And I, I say this, this is why that inner journey is very important. This is why you seeing your own value, you understanding yourself, always working on you, building yourself up. That is the key to eradicating that fear of other people's judgments. That is the key to eradicating the rejection of others, because then you start seeing rejection from a different light, because then rejection is no longer rejection, it is actually protection.
0: The reason why we feel judged is because we are judging and rejecting our own selves. And if that happens anyway, and once we have accepted and we love ourselves unconditionally, then it's just an opinion. We're not going to take it personally anyway if somebody judges us. There's a section in your book that you say nurture your soul and then nurture the body. But I wanted to focus on the nurturing of the soul. What are some of the methods or practices that we can adopt to nurture our own souls?
2: The way to nurture the soul is by us developing a relationship with ourselves. So just like we would take the time to get to know someone and understand who they are and then be so attentive to them, we need to be doing the same thing for ourselves. So first thing in the morning, I think it's very important for us to tune into ourselves. So no social media no watching tv no reading the news you connect with yourself and meditate and meditation we don't need to be doing mudras and 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 sitting in the lotus position or anything like that you just sit quietly with yourself while you're drinking your coffee and just get in tune with yourself if you have to journal then journal but It's when we start connecting with ourselves that we can hear our true essence, which is our soul. And from there, we're going to be guided. From there, we're going to know what we need to be doing throughout the day that will be nurturing to us. Also, doing things that actually makes us happy, that also is so necessary because it's so soothing for the soul.
0: True. Nurturing the soul, as you call it, which beautifully said, is to listen to our own voice.
2: right? Yes.
0: I mean, there are so many voices, right, out there. Everywhere, there are no- noises and voices and we can get easily distracted. Yes.
2: You just took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say that. Nowadays, it's so easy to get distracted. And it's when we get distracted that we lose that essence of ourselves, and that's when we can easily get angered because this happened. Or, no, that's not how we're designed to be.
0: I have a few more questions for you. I call them final questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book?
2: I was thinking about that, and then I said, you know what? Anybody that reads the book, I want them to get what they're meant to get. I want that experience to be for them for them to experience it in however way that they need to experience it. But I have to say this one thing. The way for them to start, the way for anyone to start creating that lifetime of wellness is to get connected to you, get to understand you. Start with where you are. Start by understanding what makes you you, what your needs are, What, whatever area of your life that you feel you want to work on first, start with that, but it starts within. Because it's once you understand what do you need, what, how do you envision your life to be, that then you're able to create your life the way you want to create it. What was the
0: hardest lesson to learn about
2: yourself in life as of today? For me, it was accepting myself completely and accepting the fact that I was the one creating every experience in my life, even though the negative ones. And that was hard because I think it's hard for us to admit that we played a role in what went wrong. <laughs> True. But then again, <laughs> it's so empowering. When we're able to realize that we played a role, and it's empowering because then we know we can make different choices to get what we want. And I say also that it was accepting myself fully because it's hard sometimes for us to look within. I know that that's not easy all the time, but it's once we're willing to look within that then we're able to say, okay. This, what's the message behind me not liking this part of me or me not accepting this part of me? That you will reach that point of of happiness and self-acceptance, if that makes any sense.
0: That has everything to do with knowing ourselves taking responsibility for our own lives our own happiness. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently?
2: Mm. I. I could... I'm pretty sure there's so many things I could do differently, but I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't be able to do anything differently only because I did what I could with what I knew back then.
0: What are three things about life you know for sure?
2: One, at least for me personally, God is everything. At least for me, he is. That's one. Two. Life is always changing. Nothing ever stays the same. And this is why in the book I I have a chapter um, stating that it's important to embrace the changes. (laughs) The third one, the third one is, it's just important to go with the flow because in life there will always be things that we're going to say, I don't like this, 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 and there will always be things that we're not going to like but if we can look at it as you know what what is what is this meant to, to teach me it makes life more more easy i guess for lack of a better word so just being in flow it's it's in, it, we have to be in flow yeah
0: and i agree that's a wonderful way to live this experience because it is about learning isn't it in the end has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your beautiful presence and your profound words. Thank you.
2: I thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Thank you, Aura.
2: Where can we find more information about
0: you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: Yes, you can go to www.aura, that's A-U-R-A-E martinez with a z at the end dot com there you're gonna learn more about me the the coaching services that I offer the books other things that I also offer everything is on that site including the podcast and blog oh wonderful thank you so much again and we'll talk soon yes thank you (laughs)
0: thank you
1: bye for now Laura bye Thank you for listening. To learn more about Aura E. Martinez, please visit her website, auraemartinez.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Bazden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bigrock. Thank you again for listening and
1: bye for now.